Got some really good news. Two people got baptized last week. Two people got baptized last week. I have a question for you, Kelsey. When you got baptized, did you baptize yourself? So you were the one that put yourself on. Yeah, did you? Yeah. Somebody baptized you, right? Somebody had to baptize you. And this is true in all of our baptisms. All of our baptisms, somebody, you can't do this on your own. There's got to be somebody there to go through it with you. There's got to be a, a partner, a friend, somebody who's with you. And you can't be baptized on your own. I mean, I suppose if you're in the middle of nowhere and like God came to you or something, like I'm, like you guys can make up some sort of story in your head to contradict. There's always an argument, right? You're always trying to shoot down what the person says, right? But you don't, we, we don't baptize ourselves here. We don't get in a line and we don't say, okay, dunk yourself under. We're a body. We're people. We need each other from, from baptism through salvation to walk with each other, to walk through things together. And the sooner that we figure that out, the stronger we'll be. We're just people. We are just people. We're going to cause problems with each other sometimes. Anywhere you have people, you will have people problems. Guaranteed. But, but we're a group of people who want to go through things together. And this morning, um, I want to remind us that last year at this time, it was our first time of getting back together, even. We'd been quarantined, right? And we'd separated ourselves out for a little while and did online live streaming. And thank you, live stream people, for being on there with us. We love having your presence and your comments. And um, we, we like that ability to live stream. But last year at this time, we were just now coming together. And I think I think it was something like around Easter... And we said, we looked at forward, we were listening to the Lord, and we we said, we think we have something to celebrate around uh, Pentecost, if I remember right. Is that right? We, I think there's something we want to celebrate. And so we didn't know what God was going to do, but what we actually, what He actually did was allow us to get back together. And that was really important. It's really important for us to gather. It is, um, uh, it is Pentecost Sunday. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. I know Dennis talked about the Holy Spirit last week. Um, and so, as we go, go through this, the, I'm just trying to reinforce here is that the life in Christ and, and attendance and being in, in the body of Christ, it's dependent on us being together, but it's contingent upon the presence of the Holy Spirit. It's, it's in Him that we live, we move, and have our being. Without His indwelling presence, we will always fall short. See, Jesus is getting arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane, and He's got all of His disciples with Him. They've all been right there with Him. They've been walking around. They've been watching Him, you know, kicking tail and taking names and healing people. Man, and He is really gathering a following around Him. And in, in Mark fourteen fifteen, the guards, he's been betrayed by Judas, and the guards come to arrest him. In Mark fourteen fifty, it says this short sentence, and his disciples all left him and fled. Every single one of them 
left him and fled. Not just Peter, not just Thomas, not just Judas, not just a handful of them. Everyone that was there left him. And I bet we would have done the same thing. I bet I would have done the same thing. Like we have this benefit of hindsight, 2020 hindsight, but when we look through the Bible and we see, we know the, we know the back of the book and we win, right? But in the moment, every single one of his disciples left him. What were they lacking? See, they were lacking power. They were lacking the boldness. They were lacking the confidence and the faith that the Holy Spirit gives. When they were in the presence of Jesus, the disciples felt very confident. You know? Even the demons submit to us in your name. The idea of what the Messiah was supposed to be to them was still possible in their minds. That he was going to conquer that he was, the church was gonna, or not the church, but like that Israel was gonna rise up again and take power. Even with the things that Jesus was doing, I believe they still felt that that was possible. That could still happen. But when Jesus gets arrested and taken into custody and headed for the cross, they fall apart. Paul writes to Timothy in 2 Timothy 1-7. through I'm going to read it through the Amplified Version. He says, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity or cowardice or fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of sound judgment and personal discipline. That is, abilities that result in a calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. This is his spirit versus our spirit. And when we look at what happened in the garden to the disciples, tell me which spirit they were operating in. Tell me which spirit they didn't have. We, like we commonly refer to what happened on the day of Pentecost as the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And that is true. And, and John the Baptist said, although that um, he baptized with water for repentance, there was one greater than him coming that would baptize us with the Holy Spirit and fire. Not just a Holy Spirit that is fire. He said a Holy Spirit and fire. So as the Holy Spirit was given as a baptism, the Holy Spirit is a gift. The Holy Spirit is a gift to you. It's, it's, a, it's an event. It, it, it can happen. It's a time. Uh, it develops over time. You develop a relationship. But it's, it's not just um, an event where you get baptized in the Holy Spirit or you receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And it, it just, um, it, it's good. that's great. That's wonderful. But what I want to emphasize, it's a gift to you. It's a gift. It's a gift of the power, the love, and the sound mind. See, as much as Holy Spirit empowers us to do the works of God, it is just as much a gift that allows God to work in us. God's Spirit empowers us to do things we have never done. 
while at the same time burn out the things we wished we had never done. Right? God's Spirit empowers us to do things that we've never done or seen greater things, Jesus says. But at the same time, the baptism of fire burns out those things we wished we had never done. You can't have one without the other. I don't, I don't believe you can have one without the other. I think it's a package deal. It's your sanctification. It's your growth. It's part of your relationship with God. As you grow deeper with God, He's going to empower you to do things you've never done before, and He's going to get rid of some of those things you wish you never had. He's going to put them in the past. It's, it's the 50th day is what Passover means. Passover is the, the 50th day, or Pentecost is the 50th day from Passover, and it signifies the beginning of the wheat harvest where they live. <laughs> Not here. <laughs> like, don't try to go harvest your wheat right now. It won't be very productive. And, and the way that, the wheat harvest works, which similar today, but, but back then, the wheat harvest would, um, get lots of people going out into the fields and they'd be cutting down their stalks, their wheat stalks. They're, they're gonna bundle them into sheaves. They're gonna stack them into shocks and then gather them into one place to be threshed. Right? We're gonna thresh them. We're gonna smash them up a little bit. And then we're gonna, um, take them and we're gonna throw up all the stuff in the air and hopefully we've got a little bit of a wind that blows the shaft away and the wheat falls to the ground and we can collect the wheat and we can gather the chaff and what do we do with the chaff? We burn it. The chaff gets burned up. And John, uh, John says in Matthew 3, 11 through 12, and I referenced this earlier, as for me, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, and I am not fit to remove his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clear his threshing floor, and he will gather his wheat into the barn, but we, he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. So what I think is cool about the timing of Pentecost and that feast that would be going on in Jerusalem, all these people gathering in Jerusalem, is that what was happening in the natural was going to happen in the spirit. See, he, he chooses that 50th day in Jerusalem, and those people were going to be headed out the next day to start harvesting wheat and walking and doing wheat through that process of, of threshing and gather, gathering all in one place and, and threshing it and, and separating out the, the kernels from the, the chaff. And God chooses to do the same thing amongst his people. See, it, there was a, a sound like a rushing wind. And I always think about like what it would sound like for a jet fighter to flow fly by. I hear wind, right? Wind helps separate. There was, there was a sound like a rushing wind, and uh, there was something like tongues of fire rests on people's head, and an empowerment happens, but also a separation happens. See, some of it who observed, they believed and received, and others scoffed, said they had just been drinking. We, we, we use a, a term in this world sometimes that that is trial by fire. How many of you heard somebody say that I've been in a, tri- we're going to put them into a trial by fire. 
And that the, the definition kind of of trial by fire is that a person, how a person responds to a potentially overwhelming situation. It's at work or you come upon a situation you weren't expecting. Maybe you don't know if you're prepared for it. You're really new and you don't have much experience. And this big situation happens. Something comes out and you've got a conflict or a problem and we've got to solve it. And we want to see if you can learn on the go, and it's called a trial by fire. It's doing something you have no bandwidth for and watching how you respond and react. We want to see if, are you going to sink or are you going to swim? And the world watches you as you go through the trial by fire to see how you are going to come out on the other side. They're going to see how you do on your own. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit isn't a trial by fire to see how you come out on the other side, but a refining fire to get out what isn't needed. The Holy Spirit is given to us as a helper, a comforter, a teacher. The Holy Spirit leads us into all truth, and it's the fire within us that gets rid of those things that we don't need. The good news about uh, chaff is that it's flashy. It's flashy fuel. It doesn't take long to burn up. One of my one of my favorite things when I was in high school working on the farm, the grass seed farm, was burning season. I mean, who doesn't like to burn things? I love burn things, right? I know. I like no. I've never burned anybody's house before. Okay, not, I'm not. But fun things. Who doesn't want to start a campfire? Who doesn't want to make a fire bigger? Right? Who doesn't want to make a fire bigger? So we'd be out in the wheat, or not the wheat fields necessarily, but the grass seed fields, and we'd get the seed, and back in those days, like that sounds like I was 100 years ago or something, but just 40 years ago or so, that we would leave the chaff out there from the grass seed stalks, and after we harvested it, it would dry out for a little bit, and we'd just leave it out there, and then the fun began. So you'd go out, and you'd light some of the field on fire. You'd start in the middle, and you start working your way out or back and forth. And if the conditions were just right, you could see that it was just getting going. And if it was getting going pretty good, then you'd head to the outside and you'd like ring it. You'd go a ring around it. Sometimes you'd start on the downwind side and get that little back burnt. But then this fire, this chaff, would like start creating its own wind. You know, it'd start drying and drying it, and it would just go up into the sky. And within minutes, the field was jet black. All the chaff was gone. And it was all up in the sky, going to a different place. It all been consumed. See, it's worth the few minutes of pain that the Holy Spirit wants to do that work in you. See, what that did, it, it didn't sterilize the ground. It purified the ground. It got rid of bugs. They got rid of uh, like funguses and mold and mildew. And now they can't do it that way. It's just not that easy to do it that way anymore. We're going to spray stuff on it. I liked fire season. <laughs> if the Holy Spirit wanted us to learn anything about trials by fire, it would be that it is Him who does the burning and the benefit outweighs the pain. Trying to follow Jesus without the Holy Spirit will eventually take you to the same place as it did the disciples on the day that Jesus was betrayed. And that's desertion and abandonment. But the Spirit can change all of that. Look at Peter. Let's look at Peter for a few minutes. Peter, whose name was Simon, got the name Peter from Jesus. 
When Jesus asks the disciples who they believed he was, Peter has this awesome moment where he answers with this statement. He says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Wow, that is a great answer, Peter. Jesus even thought it was a great answer. And he said, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. Then he gave the disciples strict orders that they weren't to tell that they were to tell no one that he was the Christ. Wow, Peter, you knocked it out of the park. Good job, Peter. Wow, awesome. Three verses later, Jesus addresses Peter in a different way. See, Peter tries to correct Jesus. Peter tries to rebuke him when he tells him he's going to go to the cross. And what did, how, did, how did Jesus refer to him? Yeah. Get behind me, Satan. Ooh. Wait a minute. I thought I was the rock. I thought I was a pretty big deal. You just told me I did a really good job. All of a sudden I'm Satan? You know, before the gifts of the Holy Spirit, before the, the, the thing that happened in Acts, Peter was famous for this stuff. He was famous for this stuff. They, they go up on the, the mount and Jesus is transfigured and I think it's Moses and Elijah there and Peter and John I think get to be there. Um, and they're, they're look, Peter's like, hey, I got an idea. Let's build a tent and just stay up here forever. Jesus is like, uh, no, we're not going to do that. Jesus says, I want to wash your feet. And Peter's like, no, you don't need to wash my feet. Jesus says, no, I, I, I need to wash your feet. He's like, well, if you need to wash my feet, give me a whole bath. It's like, no, we don't, you're not, not needing to do that, Peter. You don't need to do that. Peter, Peter chops off the ear of the guard arresting Jesus with his, with his sword. Jesus didn't tell him to chop off the ear. He's like, come on, man. What are you doing? Peter rebukes Jesus to go to the cross. Peter got beat by John running to the tomb. Peter didn't believe Jesus was resurrected. Peter denies being a disciple. Peter invited friends over to his house when his family was sick. Peter in Matthew 26.33 says, Even if all stumble, I will never be made to stumble. But he was one of the ones that is famous for abandoning Jesus. Peter says and does a lot of things that don't reflect a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Just like you and me. But in Acts 2, everything changes. It says the Holy Spirit is poured out. People are speaking the gospel in different languages that they couldn't speak before. It attracts a crowd of people. It said some were genuinely perplexed. They were curious. They were recognizing the power in the moment. 
But some said they'd only been drunk. They said they'd been drinking sweet wine. And in Acts 1, we see Peter starting to take leadership. But in Acts 2, after this baptism of the Holy Spirit, this coming of the Holy Spirit, this uh, finally identifying on the outside what's been bubbling up on the inside, when this finally happens, Peter, it says, took his stand. It says, but Peter taking his stand with the other eleven raised his voice and declared to them. Peter no longer was shrinking back. Peter now took a stand. He didn't deny. He didn't, he didn't try to just fit in with the crowd. He wasn't afraid. He was courageous and bold. He preached a message in the Bible that's 22 verses long without sticking his foot in his mouth once. He challenges the scoffers. He quotes scriptures. He decrees prophecies fulfilled. And his words are compelling. It said, piercing to the heart. And they went from 120 believers to 3,000. What happened? The baptism of the Holy Spirit. Peter put on what had come upon. Peter accepted the gift. So the Holy Spirit, remember, empowers us to do things we never have done before while at the same time burns out the things we wished we had never done. I guess we need to ask ourselves if we want to be Simon or the rock. Your choice. If you want to be a rock, you're going to need the Holy Spirit. The keys to becoming a rock by the Holy Spirit are this. First, I'm going to say obedience. And you can, you can take the slide down. It's, no, I guess. We're having fun with it. The keys is uh, obedience. See, Jesus had instructed the disciples to go into Jerusalem and wait for what the Father promised, which was the Holy Spirit. Obedience trumps everything else. He said, go gather in a place. And they did. The next thing, the next key is position. The disciples position themselves in the right place, in the right town, at the right time, and they assume the position of prayer. Position yourself. When the day of Pentecost had come in Acts 2.1, it says, they were all together in one place. Now, we can talk about that and just kind of deduct the geographical place that they were in. But let's think about what kind of a spiritual place. What kind of a place of unity were they in? They had just watched their Savior go up into the sky. And he said to wait. What had lost had been gained back, and now it seemed like it might be lost again. I wonder if they were all in the same place of expectation. I wonder if their hearts burned for whatever this Holy Spirit thing looked like. I wonder if that's one of the places that they were in. I wonder if that caused them to find the position of prayer. I wonder if they finally realized that we can't do this without you, God. We can't do this without your presence. And the third key is they received. 
They spoke as the Spirit gave them ability. God told them to wait until the gift came. But when the gift came, they started using it right away. I ask myself this question a lot. Am I waiting on God or is he waiting on me? If you want to get the gift, you got to be where the gift giver and the gifts are at. Like at my house on Christmas, if you want a gift, you got to go where the gifts are. And then there's, there's somebody that's passing them out. And once the gifts get passed out, they're yours to keep. They're yours to use. If, if I gave Mike the keys to a brand new car and said, this is a gift to you, do you think you'd know what to do with it? <laughs> Let's say, what, we want fast or big? Which way? Fast. Ferrari. Porsche, would you be going like, hmm, wonder what I should do with this? And I'm not saying that we shouldn't ask God what we're supposed to do with our gifts. I'm not saying that. But man, when He gives you something, don't be afraid to use it. Don't be afraid to start using it. You have to start believing. When you become a believer, you're going to have to start believing that what is prompting you, what is urging you could quite possibly be the Holy Spirit, especially if it isn't guided by fear. But if it's a power and love and a sound mind, hey, that might just be the Holy Spirit working inside of you. 